Do you know the Ithaca tagline, Jay? Um, Ithaca, we're it's awesome. Three words. No, no. Ithaca is gorgeous. So okay. it's supposed to be Ithaca is gorgeous, but they have oh, yeah. a bunch of gorges, like yeah. the you know gorges. The the Ithaca the is gorgeous. I love it. So oh, Ithaca man. is gorgeous, and oh, you'll man. see that everywhere plastered on bumper stickers. I mean, you know, Ithaca. I love puns. So there you go. You had me at Ithaca is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I love gorgeous, and I love puns. Start the timer. <laughs> Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast and behind the scenes unfiltered, no holds barred look at the realities of the location independent lifestyle from two gentlemen who are leading that lifestyle. I'm Trav and I just bought five pounds of coffee. Ooh, that sounds good. I'm Jason, and I love to open a fresh bag of coffee and smell it. And now my kids, like, they got to come over when they hear a new bag of coffee being opened to, just to stick their nose in and smell it. I don't know what that is. Anyway, that has nothing yeah, to do yeah, with Yeah, I know what that is. It's a great smell. Great I don't even, smell. I hate drinking coffee, and I love smelling coffee. It's a great smell, man. Do you, you have a favorite over there in Norway? Like, you get local Norwegian roasted coffee? You know, or you I've been meaning with, to, like, there's a pretty famous like coffee guy here named tim wendelbow and he's kind of like the you know if you come here and you like coffee and coffee culture you got to go and have a coffee at tim wendelbow's i interviewed him once he's a cool dude and uh anyway he's got this like delivery coffee delivery service thing that i've been meaning to sign up for this is you know this has nothing to do with the podcast but i really love and this might be another episode but how he does it is he is totally transparent with the coffee that he sells as far as where it's sourced, how much the farmers get, and his goal is to like make sure that, you know, local farmers get what they deserve for the coffee and they don't get undercut like some of the big chains do. We won't mention any names, but I think everybody knows some of the ones I'm talking about. So um, he has the whole thing listed on his website and, and like went to when you get coffee from there, you know, you're getting coffee like this is this is a story. Right. This is like uh, this is something I could go on and on about how he sources his coffee. He's, the dude's got a farm in Colombia where he grows his own coffee. This guy's legit. So I don't know. It seems like a cool service. I mean, sh- sh- should we talk about stories today, I, man? Well, we, I wasn't going to, sh- but this I had, yeah, I had another topic s- in mind actually. But we can we can save it because this is unfiltered and, and spontaneous. So. Yeah, let's talk about stories and and why stories are important in marketing, but not just for your marketing, but also in in general, right? Yeah. Um, and why they're fun to tell the, your story because, uh, so getting back to this coffee really quickly, you know, you mentioned this guy Tim Wendelbow and uh, and why you should be buying coffee from. I mean, well, I, my question is like, what coffee are you buying? Then are you just going to the grocery store? Are you getting stuff shipped from America? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with your coffee? Oh yeah, right the now? original question. Uh yeah, just getting it at the grocery store. <laughs> oh man. We usually get this Dude, ever not, good. You... Well, no, I mean sometimes I get the occasional bag at uh like if I'm at one of the coffee shops in town and they're selling coffee. Um, but a lot of times it's just the convenience. I drink a lot of coffee, the convenience of just, oh, I ran out of coffee, here's some more coffee, which is why the delivery service is appealing, Trev. Uh, well, I mean, I get delivery service for Heather. 
Uh, I, I don't drink coffee. Heather does. And so we were getting two bags a month from this place in Chicago uh, called called Dark Matter. Awesome. I've, I've tried to get Heather so... And she loves the unicorn blood uh, version. So if anyone out there likes an espresso unicorn blend... Blood. Now that's good marketing. Unicorn blood, yeah, from Dark Matter <laughs> is her favorite. And so I always buy her all this other coffee. I keep trying to match that level. And so far, I mean, she's had some really, really good coffee. Don't get me wrong. But she just says, you know, my go-to is still unicorn blood. So recently, I actually went on their website and they now sell five pound bags of it. So now I decided to cancel the subscription and just get one huge five pound bag. So I, I did it yesterday, Jay. Opened that big five pound bag. It was like hitting you in the face with, there was so much coffee smell because you know, five pounds is a lot of beans. Uh, and then I put it out into a smaller little container and close that up and then close up the five pound bag. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited because five pounds will last her a good two, two and a half months. Um, and I know maybe some coffee snobs out there are saying like, hey, you know, you shouldn't keep your beans longer than a month. I know the guys told me that. I was just thinking that. <laughs> well, the guy told me, he's like, listen, give it a try with a five pound bag. He, she said, he said she might notice a little bit after a month of like, you know, the potency dying off, but maybe she'll like that too. And I said, yeah, why not? I mean, why not give it a go? Like, I, we'll see. You can only try. So, um, you know, I did some research. I also bought her four cold brews uh, from from Dark Matter. They're now making cold brews and they're shipping them. So I highly recommend coffee delivery or coffee shipping services from small companies because you mentioned this, Jay, with Tim Wendelbell. Supporting, it's not just about supporting small companies for the sake of supporting small companies. It's about supporting them because you love what they're doing. Both th their product is awesome, but also then the bigger, sometimes with companies, the bigger mission, right? Of uh, and, and you talked with that with Tim Windlebow and his bigger mission. Um, and you know his story all because he told it to you on his website, right? Like you wouldn't have known, you wouldn't have gone through the lengths to go interview this guy on your podcast had you not known his original story. I think it's one of the big reasons why. I mean, he's he's known because he's also um, been like, uh, what is it? I, I forget what the title is, but they have like the world's best barista or something. He's won that award like once or twice in some competitions. So he's known in the coffee world. But like, there are a lot of people over the years that have won that. That doesn't mean that they are able to build a successful business or to be able to get the the notoriety. And I think the think that the thing that um, Tim does. And what I love when um, businesses do, and we want to encourage you to do if you're listening to this, is tell your story in, in an authentic way and just try to do the right thing, basically. Like that's that's kind of, it, it, I feel like that's sort of easier said, but harder to communicate, maybe. Easier said than done type of thing. But I think Tim attracts so much attention because of his transparency, because of his ability to uh, communicate how they work with local farmers and that they pro publish the pricing and, and that th he's willing to talk about what some of the issues are, the problems are in the coffee world. All of these things, just being honest and transparent with his business. I'm not saying everybody has to go on and publish their pricing or, you know, I know some people do income reports and things like that, but I've certainly seen people that do that. It seems like it works pretty well, not just as like, I wouldn't call it like a marketing tactic, but like 
it invites people in in a way that's personal and you have to build a personal connection with consumers because they're buying for reasons other than just the product exchange. You know, if you're getting uh like if you have to get your toilet fixed, that's pretty straightforward, right? You're probably not looking for I mean even then though, even then you want to have even trust. then yeah. So we talk a lot about this in, in the Lifestyle Launch Academy. In fact, we just did the last two weeks on this. And when we're, I want everyone who's listening right now to just think about the last couple things that they bought outside of maybe gas and groceries, right? Like the, the last three purchases you made that, you know, for a reason. And, and so we talk a lot about how everything you're buying solves a problem, right? And we're not going to get too deep into that because we're going to talk about stir right now. But everything you're buying solves a problem from the littlest thing up to the biggest thing, right? So biggest thing might be like, I'm going to the doctor for health and I paid for that, you know, because that's the most important thing. I, I need to make sure I keep my health. Fine. All the way down to the littlest thing. I had to go buy Band-Aids the other day, right? You know, a couple dollars at the, at the corner market, but I need to solve the problem of the fact that I had to cover up a cut. So everything solves a problem. But that doesn't mean, as you mentioned, Jay, that people are buying always just to solve that problem or, or they're, they're buying to solve the problem, but they're not buying and saying, well, I don't care what I buy from or who I buy from. A lot of times people want to buy from companies and others that they know, like, and trust. And I want you to think back on a few of those products and say, well, why did I decide to buy this over that. A good example is, you know, for a big purchase is usually cars, right? You could buy, there, there's so many options of cars, but I, you see it in some families. Like people even say like, oh, we're a Honda family or we're, we're a VW family. For example, my one, my college roommate, Jesse, like they only buy VWs because like growing up, his parents had a VW and they liked it. And then, and so he knows, likes and trusts VWs, right? And so when we're talking about it, you, know, you say it's not a marketing ploy because ploy sounds kind of like dirty, but it is a marketing strategy. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing to say, how can you build, no matter what company you're building, Jay, whether it be a physical product, whether it be a course or coaching program, whether it be um, you even having a service-based business, like you're a freelancer or you're going to become a virtual assistant, whatever you decide to do, having a story and wrapping your thing that you're selling, your product or service up in that story will only be beneficial for every single thing that you're selling because people want to know, like, and trust the people they're buying from. And the quickest way to build that know, like, and trust, that KLT with people, if you're not like meeting them in person and getting on calls with them to see if they're a good fit, is to tell your story. And so like, I'm an about page whore, man. Like I love the first thing I go on any website, whether it be a big company or someone's personal blog, I go to the about page because I'm curious and I want to know more about them. And if they have a good about page, then I'm reading the rest of the stuff. If it's like stupid and corporate and like we at, at Ascent Technology strive to make the best products for the most efficient lifestyle, you know, or something totally generic. I'm like, Boo. See you later. Don't care. Right. 
Every company should have a story and a good story, and every person should as well. And uh, so I'm very passionate about stories. I'll give you a few examples uh, in just a little bit because I know you want to hop in here because I see you chomping at the bit. But I want to give you some examples in just a little bit of things that you wouldn't think would have a story tied around it. Because you might be thinking, well, I just sell this or this is my what I want to build out a business. This doesn't have a story. Au contraire, friend, everything can have a story. Well, now part of Trav's story is that he's a dirty about page whore. Sorry. <laughs> I, I am. I, dude, my favorite. I love about pages too. Uh, you know what, Trav? We haven't talked about this, but there are actually two stories going on here. The first story is the story that's being told by the company, brand, product, whatever the stuff you've been talking about. The second story is the story that people are telling themselves about why they're choosing X, Y, or Z. We're all telling ourselves stories all the time, right? If you think about any big purchases you make, you know, there's a, there's a story going on in your head as to why it's the right decision. And, you know, we, we, we all know we've come to the, the we, we, we've bought something that we shouldn't have bought or that we regretted buying later. And that was actually like a legitimate regret because regret because we paid for something like pay too much for something that we shouldn't have or whatever the case is. Everybody can think of an example in their own lives. And then you think back and you, you can remember the story you told yourself and how you justified it, right? So there are a couple stories going on here. And I'm thinking as, as we talking this out, the story that a, a, your business or your product or your service or whatever is telling or you are telling as an individual related to that or whatever the case is, the more that kind of gives the reader or the listener or whatever, the, sort of these aha moments or these points of connection within the story that they're telling themselves and why that's a match for them, the more those kind of intermingle, I think the more success you have with getting customers and clients within that particular whatever niche or that particular avatar, that type of person. Or I mean, there's a lot going on here with stories. So it's very hard to summarize this within you know, a minute, but I'm just wanted to make that point that, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, these, this idea of two stories kind of going on at the same time. Yeah. Everyone wants to feel good about the purchase they made, both when they're making it and later down the road. And every single person, no matter what you're buying, as you mentioned, is telling themselves a story and is hearing your story. And you want to bridge that gap because when you bridge that gap, They feel good about the purchase they're making, both at the point of sale and later on. And later on, we're seeing a lot. Yeah, because we're seeing a lot of this. Like, if I buy from a company and and it's just a random company I'm on buying because it's the cheapest or it's the most convenient, fine. A lot of times that works and I don't think about it twice. But if it's the cheapest and I get it and I get it back and then it breaks, I get pissed, right? Most people do. Oh, man, I did. And then you think, oh, I shouldn't have bought the cheapest. I should have went with something else. But when you bridge that gap with a story, there's a buffer there, right? There's people are essentially giving your company grace because when they bought, they felt good about buying it because they were they, they were connecting with your story or or your company's story. And so I I, I want to give an example. Here we go. I there is this hummus company called Ithaca Hummus Company. One, they make incredible hummus. It is the best hummus out there that I've ever had. So that's one thing. But I wouldn't have known that had I not gotten the hummus. And the reason I first got the hummus, because it's twice as expensive as the store brand hummus. So I thought- oh, Was that your college nah, town man. too? Yeah, it was. Okay. So that was one, one point of connection right away was like, 
Ithaca hummus in my grocery store here outside of Philadelphia. Like, what what's going on here? Like that that's weird. Like, why is it called Ithaca hummus? I turn the back of the package over. Non-GMO, all this cr- crazy health stuff that I don't really care about or even know about. But then there's this little picture of this guy's face. It's like a stick figure drawing. It says Chris owned, like Chris, K or C R H R I S, the name Chris. I'm like, what the heck is this, right? Chris owned. So I go to their pay, I go to their website, you know, because it didn't say anything else uh, about that. So this is great, like marketing, right? I go to their website, I go to their about page. It's awesome. It's cool. They have like the five people in their company. They all have their little story in like a couple pa- in like a couple sentences. And the guy Chris is the founder, and he started at Ithaca's Farmers Market. Blah blah blah. He he went to Cornell. I had worked at Cornell, so I'm like, all these are connection points for me, right? The last thing he said is like something like Chris loves ping pong and could beat you at ping pong or something. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, well, I love ping pong. I'm going to beat Chris at ping pong. Like, so I had this strong connection with this brand to the point that I feel like Jay, Chris should like, I want to be friends with Chris. I don't even know him. He could be (laughs) Yeah. But like I'm sitting there. And so no joke. So I started getting this hummus, uh, maybe six months ago. Again, I'm frugal. It's twice as expensive as the really good store-bought hummus. Is it better? Yeah. But I like now I see it and I get excited to buy it. I walked into a grocery store yesterday, right? Just a really small grocery store that I, I didn't think would have it. Like not my local, not my regular grocery store. And they had the shelves lined. They had like six different types of the Ithaca hummus. And I remember thinking this exact thought. Yes, I'm so proud of Chris for getting like into this grocery store. Like I was feeling pride for him. I don't even know him. I have I have no stake in the company, nothing. But I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm so excited that his company is growing. I'm willingly paying double for his hummus. And I've never met him all because of the story that they've told. And it's hummus, Jay. How many hummus companies tell stories? It's like a quick little blurb. Oh, we at Sabra Hummus started in California in 1870, and, and that's it. And you're like, eh, okay. Well, no, I think it's really interesting, like uh, how you know the things that you might think are important. So, uh, for example, the stuff that you glossed over, which is important to a lot of other people. So I'm not saying you're the the ideal avatar. But like you connected with the story and Chris and that he likes ping pong and everything. Other people might connect with some of the food facts like non-GMO and this, that, or the other. So that's already going to be like that. That base is already necessary for them, right? So the story is going to take it to the next level and bring them in, those people in. But it's also going to bring in people like you who might even just be like, yeah, yeah, all that stuff's great. Like I'm pretty into that, but it doesn't have to be the perfect food. But hey, man, I want to support a local business. I, I like what this guy's doing. I like how he's built his company. And I mean, this is the power of story. So when we're talking about um, stories, you can think, all right, yeah, yeah I got to get a Trav, Jay, guys, or whatever. Like, yeah, I got to tell a story. Okay, I'll try to work some story into my brand. Got it. Here we go. You got to understand the power of it, like what, how powerful it is to be able to tell a story and bring people in that way and stand out. And I think the thing that people shy away from when it comes to story is um, trying to be too conservative with the stories that they tell, right? Especially if you're in a more conservative industry, right? Where it'd be like, um, whatever it is, software X, Y, or Z. It's, it's kind of very easy to have that sort of buttoned up corporate thing, particularly if you're in like B2B, for example. 
But I have found in, in my B2B business I used to run, like conversations and things like that, the more you share your story and the more unique it might be, it, it's going to stand out. Because, hey, most of the clients I talked to when I was in the B&B space, they, they weren't ta- B2B, they weren't talking to other people that were like, you know, Skyping them from Cambodia because, um, you know, they were traveling around and this is part of like why they built this business because they, they wanted to live in these different countries and all this stuff, you know, whatever. It's even if you're dropping your story, whether it's on your website, in a conversation with a potential client, whatever, even if it's not the, the same story and you're just sharing a part of who you are, don't be afraid to share who you are, even if it doesn't f- necessarily seem like it fits with the industry you're in. Take a chance because sharing something like that makes you stand out. And then I'd get on calls again with these people like weeks later and they'd be like, oh, where are you now? You know, like this and that. Meanwhile, I held back for the longest time because I thought they would be turned off or mad because they're in an office and I'm out here, you know, at the beach, wherever. Uh, But it turned out that I was more memorable because I shared parts of my life like that with them. So anyway, Chris just buzzed this out. I know we have a lot to talk about on this, but... We'll have to do a part two on this at some point, I think. Yeah, we will, because it cannot be overstated. You know, we have six weeks inside our Lifestyle Launch Academy course, six weeks of coaching right now. And we focus one full week, and honestly, it's actually going to go into next week, a week and a half just on story. And, you know, I've been in a two day workshop just on story. That's all it was, was basically starting and figuring out how how you can tell your story effectively, because there are, uh, you know, Telling your story is better than not telling your story, but then there are certain ways that you can tell your story that just bridge that gap, make those connections. And and I truly buy into the idea that your story is your greatest marketing tool. Hands down, no matter what you're trying to sell, your story is your greatest marketing tool because no one else can replicate it. And if people aren't doing it well, you're going to stand out just as you mentioned, Jay, just as you mentioned, you're going to stand out. If someone, you know, is looking to hire a virtual assistant and there's 20 people they're looking at and one of them has a connection like, oh man, I grew up in Phoenix too. They're going to be like, oh yeah, that's the person who's in Phoenix or like, oh man, um, you know, I, I love traveling too. That person just got back from London. I, I got, I was in London four years ago, you know, and it's like, it's, it's a way to stand out and it's a way to make connections. And you made a really good point earlier in that not everyone is going to connect to the same things. You don't have to tell your story, you know, for three hours, right? You want to throw in some, a few things that you think your ideal person is going to connect with, right? So like I connected with Chris with ping pong. Most people would read that and they just be like, oh, that's funny. Like he put it in to be funny at the end because he's like a little bit professional, Right of like guys at the other Chris Farmer. Plus, Chris can kick your butt at ping pong. So like, even if you don't connect with it, you're like, oh, this guy has a personality. Like, I wasn't expecting to read that on an about page, but if you do connect with it, great. I don't really connect with all the, like I said, the non GMO and all that kind of stuff. I I'm like, hey, this is fine, but it's not my connection point. So you throw out. It's almost like fishing, right? And I, I promise I'll wrap this up in a second. But you throw out like three, four, five hooks, and you say, hey. If one person connects with one of these, that's great. The other ones, they, you know, again, they're not worried that they're like, no one's sitting there saying, 
I hate ping pong, so I'm not buying Chris's hummus, right? So you, you throw out these hooks and you catch different people and you connect with them in a way that other people are not. And so again, I, I go on a lot. I just got done coaching story to our Lifestyle Launch Academy students uh, yesterday, Jerry. So I'm like really revved up. Uh, I went through a two-day story workshop uh, like six months ago and I'm still crafting out my story. But it, it to me is such a fun part. And we, we keep coming back to that word in the last couple of podcasts we record, but it's such a fun part of business too, because it really is, there is a science to it, but it's also such a fun art form. Like no one's saying, oh, that's wrong, mm -hmm. right? Oh, the, so it's just, oh man, I love it. I, I love I'm it. Glad, and, I'm and glad I just you said that. And I, I want to finish away. on that note because I, I think uh, well, that was the last thing I was going to say too. You took the words out of my mouth is the, uh, the fun aspect. It makes it fun for you know, everybody. And especially you as the business owner, you get to have fun with it. You get to have fun with business. And like, what's the point of doing all this if you're not going to have some fun with it too, right? It's, it doesn't have to be all serious. So, um, so have fun with your story when you're telling it, even though some parts that, you know, some stories might not be super fun depending on what you're, what you're telling. Uh, but, um, you know, it's important it, it is kind of the point one to drive home. It's something to look at, to consider, and to really be thoughtful about when it comes to, um, your business and how you incorporate that. So thanks for listening. We'll, we'll come Stories. back with more of that, right? We will come. We can, Hey, listen, I, I'm, I want to do a whole one or two day workshop on stories for people. So like I, you think I can fill a 20 minute, of mm -hmm. course I can fill a second 20 minute podcast yeah, on yeah. stories, man. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, but yeah, guys, if you're interested in, in all that we do, whether you're a brand new listener, hello, thank you for listening. Or you're someone who's been with us through a hundred and some episodes uh, we want to say thank you guys for tuning in today. And the best thing that you can do to stay in touch with us, to see when maybe we roll out our story workshop, to see when Lifestyle Launch Academy opens again, to see all the cool stuff that we are doing. And we will be doing a lot of cool stuff. We've got a big, big uh, six-month plan, the six to 12-month plan that Jay and I have been sketching out over the last couple of weeks. We're really excited for all the new things that are coming. Um, and kind of re refreshing a lot of the old stuff as well. You can do that by going to locationindie.com. So if you're on your phone, you listen to podcasts and you're like, oh yeah, I just listen to these guys. I listen to these guys. I listen to these guys. That's great. Thank you. But you can't get all the information just from the podcast. Go sign up, get on our email newsletter. Let, um, we send out a really cool email every week. Plus we update you with the stuff that we're doing. So that's at locationindie.com. Com. Yes, sign up. And Trav, uh, one thing before I let you go, we got to do a trip to Ithaca together sometime because I've never been. I need you to show me around. When this COVID stuff goes away, we're going it's a to a great town. Doing a road trip. It's a great Dude, town. Dude, promise, promise me a road trip to Ithaca. I, I promise you a road trip to Ithaca. Promise me a road Just trip. like, what was that movie, Tom Green, the Tom Green one? <laughs> Is that um, road trip? Is that where they go? That's hilarious. Yeah, they start in Ithaca. Okay. I mean, they, they start in Ithaca. Well, um, I want to hit all like the you know all these college towns have like their sort of uh, legendary. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, food places, Air, not legendary. Yeah, yeah. But oh, there's 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 a lot of legendary. Maybe stuff. maybe it's Speaking legendary, but it's also just yeah, like it's been there forever. Institution, you know, all the all the institutions. Um, Lots of good institutions. I will say. That speaking of story, and this I promise this is this, we'll end it here. Ithaca as a town has done an incredible job 
at telling their story. So again, you think like, oh, what business? I have a business that can't tell a story. This is a town, Ithaca, and they've told their story. Do you know the Ithaca tagline, Jay? Um, Ithaca, we're it's awesome. Three words. No, no. Ithaca is gorgeous. So okay. it's supposed to be Ithaca is gorgeous, but they have oh, yeah. a bunch of gorges, like yeah. the you know gorges. The the Ithaca the is gorgeous. And all. I love it. So oh, Ithaca man. is gorgeous, and oh, you'll man. see that everywhere, plastered on bumper stickers. I mean, all you over know, Ithaca. I love puns. So there you go. You had me at Ithaca is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Three, I love gorgeous three, and I love puns. Three, a uh, word, basically story for Ithaca <laughs> that uh, a tiny town in upstate New York is kind of like created a, I don't want to say a movement, but just a big awareness of their town just with those three words. Ithaca is gorgeous. So if you've seen that bumper sticker, yeah, high five, man. Ithaca is gorgeous. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. See ya.